part two chapter twelve of a key to uncle tom's cabin by harriet beecher stowe this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox org recording by kathleen chapter twelve a comparison of the roman law of slavery with the american the writer has expressed the opinion that the american law of slavery taken throughout is a more severe one than that of any other civilized nation ancient or modern if we except perhaps that of the spartans she has not at hand the means of comparing french and spanish slave codes but as it is a common remark that roman slavery was much more severe than any that has ever existed in america it will be well to compare the roman with the american law we therefore present a description of the roman slave law as quoted by william j esq from blair's inquiry into the state of slavery among the romans giving such references to american authorities as will enable the reader to make his own comparison and to draw his own inferences one the slave had no protection against the avarice rage or lust of the master whose authority was founded in absolute property and the bond man was viewed less as a human being subject to arbitrary dominion than as an inferior animal dependent wholly on the will of his owner see law of south carolina in stroud's sketch of the laws of slavery page twenty three two grievous digest two hundred twenty nine prince's digest four hundred forty six cobb's digest nine hundred seventy one slave shall be deemed sold taken reputed and adjudged in law to be chattels personal in the hands of their owners and possessors and their executors administrators and assigns to all intents constructions and purposes whatever louisiana civil code article thirty five stroud's sketch page twenty two a slave is one who is in the power of a master to whom he belongs judge ruffin's decision in the case of the state versus man wheeler's law of slavery two hundred forty six such obedience in the consequence only of uncontrolled authority over the body there is nothing else which can operate to produce the effect the power of the master must be absolute to render the submission of the slave perfect two at first the master possessed the uncontrolled power of life and death judge clark in case of state of mississippi versus jones wheeler two hundred fifty two at a very early period in virginia the power of life over slaves was given by statute three he might kill mutilate or torture his slaves for any or no offence he might force them to become gladiators or prostitutes the privilege of killing is now somewhat abridged as to mutilation and torture see the case of souther versus the commonwealth seven gratin six hundred seventy three quoted in chapter three above also state versus man in the same chapter from wheeler page two hundred forty four four the temporary unions of male with female slaves were formed and dissolved at his command families and friends were separated when he pleased see the decision of judge matthews in the case of garrod versus lewis wheeler one hundred ninety nine it is clear 
that slaves have no legal capacity to assent to any contract with the consent of their master they may marry and their moral power to agree to such a contract or connection as that of marriage cannot be doubted but whilst in a state of slavery it cannot produce any civil effect because slaves are deprived of all civil rights see also the chapter below on the separation of families and the files of any southern newspaper passim five the laws recognize no obligation upon the owners of slaves to furnish them with food and clothing or to take care of them in sickness the extent to which this deficiency in the roman law has been supplied in the american by protective acts has been exhibited above footnote see also the case of state versus abram ten alabama nine hundred twenty eight seven u s digest page four hundred forty nine the master or overseer and not the slave is the proper judge whether the slave is too sick to be able to labor the latter cannot therefore resist the order of the former to go to work and footnote six slaves could have no property but by the sufferance of their master for whom they acquired everything and with whom they could form no engagements which could be binding on him the following chapter will show how far american legislation is in advance of that of the romans in that it makes it a penal offence on the part of the master to permit his slave to hold property and a crime on the part of the slave to be so permitted for the present purpose we give an extract from the civil code of louisiana as quoted by judge stroud civil code article thirty five stroud page twenty two a slave is one who is in the power of a master to whom he belongs the master may sell him dispose of his person his industry and his labor he can do nothing possess nothing nor acquire anything but what must belong to his master wheeler's law of slavery page two hundred forty six state versus man according to judge ruffin a slave is one doomed in his own person and his posterity to live without knowledge and without the capacity to make anything his own and to toil that another may reap the fruits with reference to the binding power of engagements between master and slave the following decisions from the united states digest are in point seven page four hundred forty nine gist versus tui two richmond four hundred twenty four all the acquisitions of the slave in possession are the property of his master notwithstanding the promise of his master that the slave shall have certain of them in the same place a slave paid money which he had earned over and above his wages for the purchase of his children into the hands of b and b purchased such children with the money held that the master of such slave was entitled to recover the money of b seven the master might transfer his rights by either sale or gift or might bequeath them by will law of south carolina cobb's digest nine hundred seventy one slaves shall be deemed sold taken reputed and adjudged in law to be chattels personal in the hands of their owners and possessors and their executors administrators and assigns to all intents constructions and purposes whatsoever eight a master selling giving or bequeathing a slave sometimes made it a provision that he should never be carried abroad or that he should be manumitted on a fixed day or that 
on the other hand he should never be emancipated or that he should be kept in chains for life williams versus ash one howard united states representative one point five u s digest seven hundred ninety two section five we hardly think that a provision that a slave should never be emancipated or that he should be kept in chains for life would be sustained a provision that the slave should not be carried out of the state or sold and that on the happening of either event he should be free has been sustained the remainder of blair's account of roman slavery is devoted rather to the practices of masters than the state of the law itself surely the writer is not called upon to exhibit in the society of enlightened republican and christian america in the nineteenth century a parallel to the atrocities committed in pagan rome under the sceptre of the persecuting caesars when the amphitheatre was the favorite resort of the most refined of her citizens as well as the great school of morals for the multitude a few references only will show as far as we desire to show how much safer it is now to trust man with absolute power over his fellow than it was then nine while slaves turned the handmill they were generally chained and had a broad wooden collar to prevent them from eating the grain the furca which in later language means a gibbet was in older dialect used to denote a wooden fork or collar which was made to bear upon their shoulders or around their necks as a mark of disgrace as much as an uneasy burden the reader has already seen in chapter five that this instrument of degradation has been in use in our own day in certain of the slave states under the express sanction and protection of statute laws although the material is different and the construction doubtless improved by modern ingenuity ten fetters and chains were much used for punishment or restraint and were in some instances worn by slaves during life through the sole authority of the master porters at the gates of the rich were generally chained field laborers worked for the most part in irons posterior to the first ages of the republic the legislature of south carolina specially sanctions the same practices by accepting them in the protective enactment which inflicts the penalty of one hundred pounds in case any person shall wilfully cut out the tongue and so forth of a slave or shall inflict any other cruel punishment other than by whipping or beating with a horsewhip cowskin switch or small stick or by putting irons on or confining or imprisoning such slave eleven some persons made it their business to catch runaway slaves that such a profession constituted by the highest legislative authority in the nation and rendered respectable by the commendation expressed or implied of statesmen and divines and of newspapers political and religious exists in our midst especially in the free states is a fact which is day by day making itself too apparent to need testimony the matter seems however to be managed in a more perfectly open and business-like manner in the state of alabama than elsewhere mr j cites the following advertisement from the sumter county alabama whig negro dogs the undersigned having brought the entire pack of negro dogs of the hay and allen stock 
he now proposes to catch runaway negroes his charges will be three dollars per day for hunting and fifteen dollars for catching a runaway he resides three and one-half miles north of livingston near the lower jones bluff road william gamble november sixth eighteen forty five six m the following is copied verbatim et literatim and with the pictorial embellishments from the dadeville alabama banner of november tenth eighteen fifty two the dadeville banner is devoted to politics literature education agriculture and so forth notice the undersigned having an excellent pack of hounds for trailing and catching runaway slaves informs the public that his prices in future will be as follows for such services for each day employed in hunting or trailing two dollars and fifty cents for catching each slave ten dollars for going over ten miles and catching slaves twenty dollars if sent for the above prices will be exacted in cash the subscriber resides one mile and a half south of dadeville alabama b black dadeville september one eighteen fifty two one t f twelve the runaway when taken was severely punished by authority of the master or by the judge at his desire sometimes with crucifixion amputation of a foot or by being sent to fight as a gladiator with wild beasts but most frequently by being branded on the brow with letters indicative of his crime that severe punishment would be the lot of the recaptured runaway every one would suppose from the absolute power of the master to inflict it that it is inflicted in many cases it is equally easy and needless to prove the peculiar forms of punishment mentioned above are now very much out of vogue but the following advertisement by mr micaja ricks in the raleigh north carolina standard of july eighteenth eighteen thirty eight shows that something of classic taste in torture still lingers in our degenerate days ran away a negro woman and two children a few days before she went off i burnt her with a hot iron on the left side of her face i tried to make the letter m it is charming to notice the naive betrayal of literary pride on the part of mr ricks he did not wish that letter m to be taken as a specimen of what he could do in the way of writing the creature would not hold still and he fears the m may be illegible the above is only one of a long list of advertisements of maimed cropped and branded negroes in the book of mr weld entitled american slavery as it is page seventy seven thirteen cruel masters sometimes hired torturers by profession or had such persons in their establishments to assist them in punishing their slaves the noses and ears and teeth of slaves were often in danger from an enraged owner and sometimes the eyes of a great offender were put out crucifixion was very frequently made the fate of a wretched slave for a trifling misconduct or from mere caprice for justification of such practices as these we refer again to that horrible list of maimed and mutilated men advertised by slaveholders themselves in weld's american slavery as it is page seventy seven we recall the reader's attention to the evidence of the monster kephart given in part one as to crucifixion 
we presume that there are wretches whose religious scruples would deter them from this particular form of torture who would not hesitate to inflict equal cruelties by other means as the greek pirate during a massacre in the season of lent was conscience stricken at having tasted a drop of blood we presume let any one but read again if he can the sickening details that the twelve hours torture of souther's slaves and say how much more merciful is american slavery than roman the last item in blair's description of roman slavery is the following by a decree passed by the senate if a master was murdered when his slaves might possibly have aided him all his household within reach were held as implicated and deserving of death and tacitus relates on instance in which a family of four hundred were all executed to this alone of all the atrocities of the slavery of old heathen rome do we fail to find a parallel in the slavery of the united states of america there are other respects in which the american legislation has reached a refinement in tyranny of which the despots of those early days never conceived the following is the language of gibbon hope the best comfort of our imperfect condition was not denied to the roman slave and if he had any opportunity of rendering himself either useful or agreeable he might very naturally expect that the diligence and fidelity of a few years would be rewarded with the inestimable gift of freedom without destroying the distinction of ranks a distant prospect of freedom and honors was presented even to those whom pride and prejudice almost disdained to number among the human species footnote gibbon's decline and fall chapter two and footnote the youths of promising genius were instructed in the arts and sciences and their price was ascertained by the degree of their skill and talents almost every profession either liberal or mechanical might be found in the household of an opulent senator the following chapter will show how the best comfort which gibbon knew for human adversity is taken away from the american slave how he is denied the commonest privileges of education and mental improvement and how the whole tendency of the unhappy system under which he is in bondage is to take from him the consolations of religion itself and to degrade him from our common humanity and common brotherhood with the son of god end of part two chapter twelve a comparison of the roman law of slavery with the american